Welcome to the Mystic and the Skeptic Podcast. This week's show, our guest is Trevin Hatch. Trevin G. Hatch is the ancient scripture studies, world religions, and philosophy specialist in the Harold B. Lee Library at Burning Young University. Trevin earned a BA at Burning Young University in history and an MA at Baltimore Hebrew University, Dawson University. He has a PhD from Louisiana State University in Sociology of Religion, Judaism, and Islam, and is currently pursuing a master's degree at the University of Kentucky in Library and Information Science, as well as a doctorate at the Spurtis Institute in Chicago in Jewish Studies. He also studied at two universities in Israel, Hebrew University of Jerusalem and the University of Holy Land. Trevin has taught multiple college courses relating to religion and contemporary society, including family dynamics, ethics and values, early Judaism, Western religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, and doctrine and covenants. His research involves the study of religion as a lived experience, the contemporary Jewish and Muslim family life, early Judaism and Christianity, the history of the biblical interpretation in Mormonism, and attitudes on Jews and Judaism in Latter-day Saint history. Recently, the Church of the Latter-day Saints has been in the focus of much media attention. It started with Mitt Romney's run for president, and it has been an obsession of the creators of South Park to malign the Mormon Church in both television and Broadway. Mr. Hatch dispels misconceptions about the members of the Mormon Church and explains their doctrine, including angiology, prophethood, their genealogical research, and the revelations of Joseph Smith. Here's our interview with Trevin Hatch. Tell us a little bit about your background, um, did you grow up in your faith tradition and have you had throughout the years greater involvement or a stronger connection and how has your academic study of, of your faith helped you work things out in, in your mind and in your heart uh, as you are an active member of your community? Yeah, I grew up right in the heart of you know Mormon country about, I don't know, two miles from Brigham Young University. Um, both of my grandfathers went there and played sports, you know, for BYU. My dad graduated from BYU. I graduated from BYU. And so, you know, I was right here in Provo, Utah, you know, born, raised into the Mormon church and, uh, went to all the different programs, uh, you know, even Boy Scouts, I'm an Eagle Scout. So I did the whole, went through the whole, the whole thing there. And then, uh, and, and by the way, most of us hadn't really thought much about religion. You know, we had kind of a religious, it's called seminary, you know, religious school uh, during during our high school years, just a class every day. But then we graduate high school, and everybody kind of gets their calls to go on the Mormon missions, and they're they're going all over the world anyway. So yeah, they're getting calls to India and 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 uh, you know Brazil and Greece and the Philippines. When we go friends, Philippines, New Zealand, and uh, I got my call to uh, uh, the Orlando, Florida uh, mission. So I lived in Florida for a couple of years, and that's really for the, the first time that I actually read the Bible through, you know, cover to cover. I mean, most people never do that, but, um, and it's actually the first time I read seriously the Mormon Mormon scripture, the Book of Mormon and other, uh, other scriptural, you know, other books. Um, so fairly young, 19, 20, 20, 21, talking to, uh, to a lot of people about religion. And so that was a good experience and it forced me to, to really start thinking about, about religion and what it meant to me, what it, you know, what uh, other people think about it. And I remember, uh, I remember thinking during those two years, um, 
that I wanted to do this for a living. And you know, I didn't know much. I didn't know, you know, what theologians did. I didn't know what, uh, you know, if what biblical studies was. People could get PhDs. I had no idea, but I thought, you know, this is really fun to study this, and um, I'd like to do it for a career. So the the stuff that I originally wanted to get into was how the the Mormon community is maligned by the media, and you know, depending on what's going on in society, they like to either scapegoat or I, I usually see that they attack the groups that are not going to boycott them. They're either the groups that are not interested in boycotting people or making a big fuss, or they boycott people that don't have the political clout to do that. But we know that the Mormon community is very successful in the U.S. and they have a lot of economic and high number of people involved. So when um, Mitt Romney campaign was going on or the guys from South Park decide to attack or criticize on different fronts and things like that, what is usually the approach from your community? Is it to ignore the naysayers or to see it as a form of persecution or is it kind of just part of living in the U.S. and free speech? Um, it's kind of it's kind of a, a combination. There, there are some people who ignore. In fact, they might not even know what's going on because they're not on social media. They don't watch uh, South Park. They, uh, they don't watch, you know, they're not really in tune. They're just kind of like in their own world and that works for them. So some people ignore it. Other people, like you said, they do. There's the kind of the victimization effect, and this is something I studied in uh, psychology of religion in some of my research. And many people, it seems like in our culture, you know, it's 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 almost strengthens identity even to to be able to say, you know, I'm I'm persecuted for what I believe, and it you know, really does uh, sometimes strengthen communities to say, you know, we were, were persecuted because of who we are. And so there's some of that to, to varying degrees, but – and a lot of the conversations are, you know, Mormons will say, I don't know why uh, – why do they care so much? Either you believe uh, that Joseph Smith is a prophet and the Book of Mormon is really scripture or you don't. And, uh, you know, and, and so I don't know, you know, what, what the big fuss is, but, um, you know, and it, it is frustrating for, for Latter-day Saints to uh, – some think that we are are attacked viciously by the media. Others will say, no, nah, it's, it's really not that bad. We're not being attacked any more than any other kind of Christian group. So a lot of it is, is just uh, the perspective. But sometimes it is frustrating to see um, you know, certain things, uh, for example, like the the Broadway uh, musical, The Book of Mormon, that kind of makes us look – silly and ridiculous and, and and somehow that that's acceptable um so mormons will kind of say you know this would never happen with uh jews or this would never happen with other types of people you know muslims although to a certain extent they're wrong when they say that because there's a lot of religious people that are criticized um but uh you know latter-day saints were you know in the early part of their history you know there was an extermination order issued against them in Missouri, and they left. You know, left the United States, went out to, uh, you know, to what later became you know Utah. But, and so they were kind of seen as this kind of anti-American. They were they were uh, mad at the government, and they. But you know, fast forward 150 years or so, and, and Mormons are. Among the most patriotic, you know, American, you know, people by definition, and they're extremely patriotic, and they've got 
members of the Mormon Church in the Senate and in Congress, and uh, you know, occasionally running for president. And so, um, we're very, very much proud to be an American. Um, you know, most people, and so it is frustrating to see when the American media or other American group uh, people uh, look at Mormons as sort of these sort of hokey, ridiculous, you know, people. Uh, me personally, I don't think it's that bad. I've, I've, I've studied at eight institutions of higher learning, and uh, a lot of them are religious institutions and also large state universities, and I've taught courses at these universities. I didn't see too much of a, uh, of a problem. It may, there may have been some, you know, what people call these microaggressions or, uh, um, you know, some of these things, uh, you know, passive-aggressive, but uh, it's, it's not – me personally, I don't think it's, it's that bad. Is the U.S. Uh, a good place for religious freedom? What is the experience of the Mormon community in other parts of the world? Some of my friends actually study, you know, international uh, Mormonism and, and the different experiences that that people have outside the U.S. Um, but yeah, Mormons generally see this is a great place to raise a family, and we're, you know, we uh, like I said, I've lived in the South three different times. For a combined total of something, you know, five and a half years or, or so, and so there, there's many different you know, Christian people down there that absolutely do not uh, uh, agree with Mormons. They they don't like Mormonism. Uh, some some reports, you know, some polls had a, a, a significant minority of, of evangelical Christians not voting for Mitt Romney because he was a Mormon. And uh, but and so there's some of that. But uh, living in the South and and living elsewhere, I never had a problem. I've never never had a problem with 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 uh, with people. There was there was no. Uh, uh, didn't seem like there was, a, was too much of a burden to be a religious minority, in in another place. Um, sometimes people would ask us questions. Uh, Can you come talk to this group or that group? Um, yeah, and it's and, and it's expected because we have missionaries all over the world, all over the United States, and so the, I think over the last few decades, people are more and more uh, aware of what Mormonism, a little bit more informed about what Mormonism is, and um, so it, uh, it doesn't seem to be to be too bad. So, the, so, the, so those people who say the persecution is is great and we're persecuted because we're we're who we are. Um, I, I don't see it too much, too much that way. In your uh, bio, you mentioned something about the the twelve tribes, and then I know that your community emphasizes a lot of genealogical research, uh, tracing back to the original twelve tribes. And is that, or was your project on the twelve tribes separate from that? Uh, before you get to my project, there's uh, let me back up. There's a, a strong emphasis in Mormonism. On, on lineage and um, you know the Abrahamic covenant, the Abrahamic the, the promises to Abraham, and we see it through the Hebrew Bible of this very strong approach to lineage and posterity and at different uh, in different uh, areas of the Book of Mormon and uh, the Hebrew Bible. There's discussions of um, you know gathering the gathering of Israel. In the last days, and a lot of Christians uh, looked into this and, and tried to 
determine, you know, where are the lost tribes and how does this fit into uh, to the Abrahamic covenant. But Mormons, uh, through through Mormon uh, thought, this, this idea that um, that most of us, mo- most people who convert, especially from you know the European Gentile nations, are literal descendants of um, of Israel, the House of Israel, and. So there's not uh, there, there's some research that can be done going you know in in the genealogical research that can be done tracing lineage back, but in some instances it's just uh, everyone receives a blessing it's called a you know patriarchal blessing where their um, you know their lineage is stated you know they'll state you you're from you're from the tribe of you know whatever Ephraim or or you're from the tribe of uh, you know Judah or whatever. And um, and so that that scene is has coming through inspiration through God and and sometimes it's literal descent uh, sometimes it's uh, being adopted into House of Israel so um, th- that's uh, heavily emphasized in Mormonism and so what my project was uh, you know a paper that I produced as a um, a religious fellow at this uh, religious institute one summer is to I was looking at um, the, this this idea of gathering of Israel in the last days and gathering of the Jews, and what this gathering m- meant to early Mormon leaders, and uh, questions you know are are the Jews going to going to convert to Christianity or to Mormonism and what, when and if they're going to accept Jesus? Uh, I know Jews hate those kinds of discussions, um, but these these are discussions that uh, early Mormons were dealing with and what's you know what? What is our part as uh, Latter-day Saints? What is our part, and what is the Book of Mormon's part in in gathering people back into the House of Israel? So it's heavily emphasized in in you know in our understanding of what happens in the last days before the Messiah comes. Uh, as part of a big part of the missionary effort to um, you know to get out and to to you know gather people back into the House of Israel, into back into that that Abrahamic covenant. So who are the original Mormons? Because you mentioned that um, European settlers converting into Mormonism. So who, so who makes up the body of the original Mormons? Uh, that's that's them. So the original Mormons. These are people, uh, you know, in uh, in New England region, uh, early 1800s, and these are people that are, a lot of them um were you know first and second generation um you know Americans I guess they and a lot of them converted from other in fact most of them converted from other Protestant denominations uh mostly I would say uh, probably predominantly Methodism coming in from Methodism and and so the you know the original uh, the, the founding prophet Joseph Smith Saw himself and received a blessing from uh, his father and uh, this patriarchal blessing, and saw himself as from the descending from the tribe of Ephraim, and um, and so it's Mormons come from what we call the Gentile nations of Europe, but they see themselves very much um, a part of descending from the house of Israel, and kind of, and therefore you have this kind of kinship with Jews and other people who have who can trace their lineage back to to those tribes. And is there um, 
uh, Native American groups that were already practicing Mormonism before um, the revelation of the prophet or that died down and then it was rediscovered? Yes, Native American uh, civilizations. You know, there are numerous civilizations, and some of those, um, at least according to the Book of Mormon, some of those groups uh, came from uh, from Jerusalem and from that area of the world. Um, I don't know, fifteen hundred, you know, fifteen hundred to two thousand years before uh, Joseph and the early Mormons, uh, you know, in the eighteen hundreds. And so, and in our in our you know in the Book of Mormon, it, it states that they they came from some of those parts of the world and continued to have prophets and, and wrote uh, wrote their sacred history. And then it wasn't until you know, and then some of those civilization that civilization kind of died off and kind of dwindled. And then it wasn't until uh, you know fifteen hundred years later that. Uh, Joseph Smith received these uh, revelations and received this book of scripture. Um, and so uh, early you know, ancient American groups, we, we wouldn't say that they practiced Mormonism. Uh, actually, we would say they, they practiced, uh, they, many of them followed the, the Mosaic law, you know, Jewish law. So what does Mormon uh, mean? Where does that term come from? So the word Mormon comes from uh, a, a prophet in the Book of Mormon, basically the, the person who redacted uh, this massive amount of information into you know to a book. Uh, so he's a, a prophet that lived uh, uh, around 400, uh, you know, AD or or CEs we'd say in academics, and uh, he. So, so that's where Mormon comes from. So he's basically the person who took a lot of these records and compiled them and, and put them in his final form and gave them to his son Moroni. Um, and Moroni is the one who appeared to Joseph Smith and said, "Here's uh, I am. You know, this is who I am. My father, uh, Mormon, uh, gave me these plates, gave me these records, and." Uh, and there it's time for them to come forth and be translated. So Mormon is the original prophet, and then um, the book was titled you know, the Book of Mormon because of its its uh, final editor redactor. So that, so then people kind of started calling us Mormons. Uh, early Mormons didn't call themselves Mormons, just like early Christians may not have called themselves Christians, but uh, may have been a even a negative term that was later adopted. Just accepted. Yeah, we're Mormons. <laughs> Tell us about your angiology. You talked about demonology on the show, but what is the role of angels? And is there an idea of human beings being able to become angels or angels becoming human beings or people from the Bible uh, being angels originally or turning into angels? And I know the book of Enoch describes some of that. So what is your perspective? In terms of angel or heavenly personages, you know, Joseph Smith, um, if I remember, perhaps I'm getting this number wrong, but it uh, had something like, you know, 80 different uh, uh, angelic uh, recorded uh, uh, events, you know, when an angelic or heavenly personage appeared to him. And, and people asking, well, what is that? Who are these angels? And in Mormon, uh, scripture and, and and thought is that angels can can be uh, people who have not yet been born 
um, to the earth and, and uh, they, you know, they're pre-born, you know, spirits. Uh, there are people who have, who have already died uh, and then come back to deliver a message. I mean, a lot of, a lot of different groups uh, believe this sort of thing. The early rabbis, you know, talked, um, talked about Moses and Elijah and different uh, people who had already previously lived on the earth and who had, uh, were very influential and, uh, in their ministry, you know, came back to deliver messages. So in early Mormonism, we have, you know, and this is, uh, antebellum America, early 1800s Mormonism. And, and this is a, a, you know, book that I, uh, compiled and wrote uh, more of a, from a faith perspective to Latter-day Saints, kind of looking at the culture of, of, antebellum america and uh we, we see you know, hundreds and hundreds of accounts of people you know claiming to have seen a, a heavenly messenger you know somebody who came to say you know this is uh this is an answer to your prayer um people claiming to have been told to leave certain religions and and just um don't get so caught up in following a certain denomination but just preach biblical christianity as opposed to creedal christianity and so more uh, joseph smith in the early 1800s uh, was in this very kind of this culture second great awakening where there was this this intense kind of religious uh rivalry and and, and fervor and and uh, like many others joseph claimed that he received a, a kind of a visit from people who have previously lived on the earth who are now um you know, another place, whether we call it heaven, uh, purgatory, Mormons call it the spirit world. Uh, we don't know much about it, but people return and are, are kind of heavenly messengers and, and give give instruction. So Joseph Smith received this instruction, and, and part of that book that I wrote, I had several chapters in there of other people, uh, numerous, numerous people, um, having dreams, uh, some people had dreams of Joseph Smith. You know, they heard about the Mormons. They might have just talked with the missionaries, and then they go to sleep at night and claim that they either had a dream of this Mormon prophet or an angel appears in their room and tells them, you know, that this this is the this is uh, people who uh, you should seek out. So then they go to Nauvoo, Illinois, where Mormons are are you know gathered together and. They meet Joseph Smith, and so there's a whole bunch of accounts like this, um, whether they're all authentic or not. Uh, you know, I mean, that's what different scholars uh, analyze. But that's that's part of Mormon history. That's part of their early early history, and it's also part of uh, many other Christians. Despite the fact that many Christians don't know this, that's part of their history as well. And during the same time period of kind of a flood of of, of visions and revelations and a belief. That God will speak to man, and that uh, spiritual gifts are, um, you know, that says in uh, Joel that the God's spirit will be poured out upon all flesh. And so this is kind of the this is kind of how Mormon Mormonism was able to thrive and to um, to develop out of this, you know, this uh, era of this belief in angels and revelation. And so, um, yeah, so that's that's. Uh, it's heavily emphasized in the church. Uh, people, people reverence those kinds of uh, experiences, different angels or different dreams or different revelatory experiences that kind of uh, seem to influence them.
So from a sociological perspective, how much does the, I guess, the supreme millennialism or um, just the awakening or the counter-enlightenment things that were going on around that time, uh, you mentioned that there is a factor of that um, that you guys can see, but, you know, from what you read is that there's a, there was a lot of revelation, there was a lot of uh, personal um, uh, visions and things that were happening around that time, and some of them had to do with the, the concern for the, the end of the world or uh, coming and gathering of, of different believers. So how much of that and how are people able to decipher which movements were more committed to you know, connection with God and which ones were more just based on the, on the society at the time. And so since there was so much stuff going on, what's the thing that makes your community unique, especially coming from that, that time period? Many Mormons don't know the extent of uh, the way I just laid it out for you of this kind of intense belief in angels and revelation and you know, spiritual gifts uh, among all people. A lot of Mormons don't really know that or even consider that uh, they might pay lip service here and there but uh, if you really get down and ask them they it kind of seems like they assume that joseph smith experienced this stuff in a vacuum and that it was just kind of ex extremely unique and that uh you know heaven prepared a, a prophet you know in joseph smith and that there weren't very many Revelation. So that's kind of how the narrative went, and therefore, when Joseph Smith starts to claim, you know, I, as even as a teenager, I saw these heavenly experiences, these visionary experiences. Narrative kind of has been built up to be, well, nobody else would, of course, would have believed him. That was absurd and ridiculous. A few people did, but that's what makes Mormonism important. But for me, I kind of spin it around and say, now what makes Mormonism important is because uh, you can see evidence from my perspective that God influences, he uses the culture and uses your ideas and speaks to you based on your understanding. Most Mormons, they don't really, uh, I don't know if many of them consider that the reason why Mormonism um, grew out of this, was able to grow out of this society is because of these intense widespread beliefs in angels and revelations. But then what, uh, in fact, what one person said about my book is, is, well, you haven't stated in here how Mormonism is unique. I mean, if everybody's having these experiences, what's unique about Mormonism? And, and uh, the response is that, you know, Mormonism came out of that and, and lasted, uh, stood the test of time and produced a, a book of scripture of nearly 600 pages that have uh, since been translated into, you know, numerous uh, languages and have read all over the world. Mormonism is, is unique in that way. I know that a project with Dr. Leonard Greenspoon in relation to Judaism, and how did this collaboration come about? Yes, there's actually so a few projects. Uh, you know, when, I was, when I was at uh, LSU and publishing on Judaism and Islam uh, from a social scientific perspective, what I was, uh, you know, what I, what I was noticing is in my you know in my research papers when you get down to the conclusion and many many reviewers who are reviewing our you know journal articles were saying you know what does this really matter you say Jews do this and Jews do that and religion you know means something to these Muslims and uh, this particular belief or practice means something and is is important to their families but what does it really do for people what does this matter like what are you trying to say and, and so when I when I was 
always wrestling with, you know, how to state this. I mean, you know, the, the so what question. We've got this information, but so what? What does this mean? What does it matter? And that's where I started to think of, you know, we, I need something in Mormonism. We need some projects. We need, you know, some some books that kind of discuss this. Because when I'm writing about Judaism for an academic audience and I go to different conferences, you have an entire room full of uh, you know, sociologists and psychologists and family scholars, a non-Jew, and I'm presenting about all from this data on, on Jewish families and trying to, to figure out how this, is, how this information is useful to a whole bunch of people who are not Jewish, who don't study Judaism or Islam, in some cases we publish on Islam, but how is this information useful to people? Jews uh, find Shabbat or Sabbath meaningful. They light candles and they, some of them sing songs, some of them bless their kids, and some of them uh, turn off their cell phones and reserve the day just for the family. I mean, so what? I tried to answer that question of why we should care if we're not Jewish. That's part of my research. And so the project with Leonard Greenspoon is... Uh, when I when I got this job at BYU, I thought, you know, it'd be interesting. It'd be nice to uh, uh, to look at other religious groups. I and mean, for the first one, we'll look at Judaism, and we'll have people write essays. You know, Jews write essays on the Jewish experience, different aspects. Uh, it could be the Sabbath. It could be prayer. The Jewish uh, idea of, you know, debating, you know, debate and, you know, arguing with God, so to speak, and, and really wrestling with issues. Can Mormons learn anything from Jews. So that's kind of how that project came to be. I contacted Leonard Greenspoon, you know, he's a well-known Jewish scholar, and asked him if he'd co-edit this book and help me organize it, because I think it's important, you know, Mormonism it pays lip service, and numerous uh, leaders have said, you know, we, we're not asking people to um, completely reject all their traditions and, and uh, all their customs, but that, you know, Mormons seek to take the best and gather all the truth in the world. In fact, the prophet Joseph Smith said, "We, as, as Mormons, we gather all truth. Let it let it come from whence it may. Let it come from wherever it is. I mean, do, it doesn't have to be just revelation from God, you know, in a vertical sense, but it can be what we call horizontal revelation, meaning from uh, going outward, looking to our peers, looking at." Um, you know, looking at other religions and and uh, asking ourselves, you know, do they have? Do they approach their their scriptures, their sacred texts? Do they approach uh, a sacred day, a holy day, you know, different holidays? Do they approach fasting a certain way, like like in Islam uh, and, and in Judaism? Uh, is there something that we can benefit, some some way that we can, uh, or that our religious experience can be enhanced by looking at another? group's experiences. And so we don't know if this project will ever get published. Hopefully it will, but um, this is a project that uh, we hope to have a conference and have many Jewish scholars come and, and talk about Judaism, not in relation to Mormonism, but just talk about Judaism on its own terms, and then have Mormon scholars respond and say, you know, this is this this idea, while it's not the same within Mormonism, it's definitely something that we can use as a catalyst for further you know inspiration for our own community thank you for listening we'll be back next week with another episode of the mystic and the skeptic